Father, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that your place is the highest place. We thank you this morning that we have the privilege to give you glory and honor and praise. We thank you, Lord, that we can lift you up and make your name great. We thank you, Lord, for a moment like this where we will be changed forever. Thank you, Lord, for every moment is like a flash of lightning in our lives. And every lightning flash brings new revelation of you. And with every new flash of lightning and every new revelation, we worship you even more. So we lift you up this morning and we glorify you. And we ask that your kingdom come, your will be done in my life right now as it is in heaven. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Wow, what, a, what an awesome morning, hey? Awesome. Brother, thank you. That was awesome. I didn't think I'd ever have the privilege that such a man could sing for me just before I come up. You know, like, wow. And then, of course, he nails it because he talks about the presence and he wasn't in the first service. So really pleased to meet you and bless you. That was awesome. Wow. Morning, everybody. Morning. You. I see I give the, the, the pastor a nickname in the first service and it sticks. Wow, I like that. So, Pastor Transformer, thank you very much. And it's not lightly that I give that. So, if it sticks, it's also not light because this man's desire is to see his people to be transformed. And that's what attracts me to him is that he's not just playing church. He has a desire to see you genuinely changed. Sorry about that. He, 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 he wants his people to go where he is going. In fact, he's the type of man that if he's not going in that direction but sees you have the ability, he will push you even higher. And that is an awesome quality. Amen? So, once again, thank you very much for me being able to have the privilege to be here um, with you and Lady C. We're still working on what C stands for, but, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, I'm going to jump in just a little bit different, seeing as we've got a little bit more time in the second service, but we'll get to what we're getting to. And um, it's important to go where I want to go. So, when God said in the beginning, let there be light, what was he speaking? Was he speaking English? Was he speaking Greek? Was he speaking Hebrew? Was he speaking Shona? What was he speaking when he said, let there be light? And so the answer is this, he was speaking spirit. And in that awesome book of Apostle uh, Farah, when it talks about... Um, what, that God, we were made in His image and His likeness. It says, um, He is spirit. And He's a speaking spirit. So when He said, let there be, it came forth. Alright? So, we like to use this analogy or this demonstration. Have you ever watched, we won't put it on the ladies today, we'll put it on the men. Have you ever watched a man standing outside Nando's or somewhere, and you inside having a nice chicken chips, and, and, and the person is giving directions, and he says, you'll go down the street, and you'll turn left, and then you'll get to the bottom at the robot, and you'll turn right, 
And then you come straight up the hill and you go around the circle and you come right out of the circle. Are you, are you with me? And, and, and then you'll find the, 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 the center that I'm standing in on the left-hand side. And I'm in the left-hand side in the corner of this at Nando's. What's wrong with this example is that the person on the other side cannot see the demonstration. He hears the words and he hears the directions, but he's not receiving the interpretation as it were. Okay? So, God is speaking spirit. Are we hearing spirit? He talks about the letter kills. The letter in Second Corinthians three says the letter. The letter is it kills. It it brings condemnation. It brings death, but the spirit brings life. So what brings life to this word is to hear in the spirit, to be able to listen to what God is saying and to be able to get the the translation as it were through the spirit. That's why often in Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, it says, The natural man cannot receive the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. But the spiritual man receives everything that God's saying, even the deep things of God, because it is interpreted by the Spirit. Now, every one of us are spiritual first. We have spirit on the inside of us. And when you are born again, your spirit is, you have a born again spirit. You are one with God. Okay, so we're going to get to that in a moment. But I want to to show you something that when God was wanting to make himself visible, God actually wants to become visible. Okay, And the greatest interpretation of his visibility or the attempt to make himself visible, it says that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the same was with him in the beginning, and nothing that was made was not made by him, and everything that was made was made by him. And then it says, and he, the word, became flesh, and he dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Everybody say glory. glory. Okay, so he came, he is the first manifestation of the glory of God. Adam didn't really have glory. We say he had glory, but when we read Psalm 8 and we actually interpret it, and we understand it's all actually prophetic about Jesus. Jesus is the first interpretation of the glory. God had never been seen by anybody, not even the angels until Jesus came. And when Jesus came, he said, wow, God in the flesh. So God wants to make himself visible. God wants to interpret. We are in the visible. We want to see the invisible. That's why everybody wants to go. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Everybody wants to go. And God wants to come. Because the only way man will see God is through you. For you are living letters, you are demonstration of Him. Therefore Jesus comes in John 14, and they say, show us the Father, and it is enough. He says, I have been so long with you, and you say, show me the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Are you you with me this morning? So there is a demonstration, child of God, that you are that living demonstration. You are maybe the closest. You are living letter. You are living stone. You are maybe the closest thing that anybody will ever get to as far as God is concerned. 
You are a demonstration of His godliness. Of His goodliness. Of His godlikeness. Of His goodness and His mercy. You are that demonstration. Amen? Amen? Don't get quiet on me now. Please. You guys must shout. If you want the best out of me, you must shout. Okay. So I did that to bring us to the place of where we departed this morning. Okay. That good? So I want you to go to Luke 10. And I'm going to get wild now. So um, fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> Luke 10. Mm. Wow. I don't know. Can you feel the atmosphere this morning? It's like everybody, I mean the presence, the presence, the presence. I feel the presence of God here this morning. God's been speaking to me from the beginning of of our time together, from Saturday. It's like there's a pregnancy in the spirit that God wants to do something in faith Hill, And I'm not in faith Hill, just in the body of Christ right now, there is an awakening. And I I would love to speak on awakening right now, but um, maybe we'll touch on it sometime. But but there is awakening. Jacob goes to sleep on a pillow of rock. (laughs) How do you sleep on that? Has a dream about a heavenly ladder and angels ascending and descending. And when he wakes up, he says, wow, man, this is the very house of God. And I did not know it. All right. So today we are further along the road than Jacob ever was because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He dwells inside of you. You know, we, we, can, we can sing, you know, this is, this, this is where we've been. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. And then we sing about this place. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy to be. You, 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 you get it, you get it, you get it. He, he's in you. That's why I said this morning, you are revival. Say, I am revival. Okay? I'm not waiting for, I am it. I'm the initiator, I'm the igniter, I am the one that can cause it to happen because the great I am and I am are one. He said, we are one with Him. You are one with God, Creator. I want to say something about God this morning that might shake you up, but, 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 but you've got to get this. You've got to get this. Oh, man. Okay, before we do Luke, let's do Deuteronomy 6. Let's, let's do Deuteronomy 6. Because this is, oh, now I can just feel it. Man, uh, just, it just... This is getting, getting, getting gooder and gooder. Deuteronomy 6. Gooder and gooder. You like that? You can have it. It's for sale. There's no, there's no, um, there's no intellectual property here. You can have everything that you want. <laughs> Don't get me drunk. Yaku. I, I really appreciate the fact that you are here, my brother. Yaku and and why would it happen to me this morning? <sighs> Help me. Huh? Shannon. Shannon. I got the A spot, but I was Yaku and Shannon, we love you guys. They're from my church. They're from, 
They're from Kingdom Light down in Cape Town, and they're spending some time up here, and so good to have you guys here this morning, and you're awesome, man. You're awesome. Deuteronomy 6, verse 14, it says, You shall not go after any other gods, smaller g, gods of the people which are round about you. Oh, am I in the right place? Yeah. For the Lord thy God is jealous God among you, uh, let me just see. Why have I got? Let me have a look. Maybe it's maybe it's four, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's actually four. Fourteen was good, but four will do. It says, "Hear, O Israel, thou Lord our God is one Lord." Now, if you go to the translations and you have a look at that, you will find that in that place and in other places. It doesn't say you are one Lord, meaning He's one, like Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They are one. They are one Lord. He's saying He is one God. In fact, in Romans 3 verse 30 and other places it says, There is no other God but God. Mm. It's a fine little tune that you need to just tune on your radar. There are little gods with the little G, but we give them those names because they, but they are not gods at all. Mammon, though God says you shall not serve God or Mammon, the fact is that we make Mammon a god in our own lives makes Mammon a god, but Mammon in itself is not a god. God is addressing you will not have another God because we make gods of other things. We make gods of our cell phones. We make gods of our, of our sport. We make gods of so many different things. But there is only but one God. Amen. Capital G-O-D. Creator. Jehovah, Elohim, there is only one living God. I was watching a, a reality show and the guy, I wish I knew who the guy was. It was a clip of a reality show and the guy was a celeb. And he was like this comedian celeb and they were asking on this Christian reality show, why does he serve God? Why has he chosen God above all the other gods? And he said, because he's alive. <laughs> Come on, these are little things you're saying, okay, I know that. No, but think about what I'm preaching this morning. Don't let it get lost in the translation. Hear what I'm saying. There is but one God, and He's your heavenly Father. He is God. He is Creator God, all right? So there is but one God, all right? And, and, and He is your God. Are you with me? So what did I say then? I said, what was the next thing I said? He's alive. Thank you very much. Oh, someone's listening. Jesus, help me. Okay, I almost lost it like you were the choir. No, I'm joking. Okay, so he's but one God and he's alive. So they said to this guy, why do you serve? He said, let me explain it to you like this. He said, if there's a road up ahead and there's a fork in the road and you do not know which direction to take, and there are two men lying at the entrance to the fork in the road. One is alive and one is dead. Who are you going to ask for directions? Wow. Yes, sir. 
Oh, come on. Come on. No dead God can give you direction. No dead God can tell you what life is about. No dead God is going to be able to help you in a time of trouble. You are serving a living God. Therefore, a seed will leave your hand, but it will never, ever leave your life. Why? Because I'm offering by love and by choice to a living God. My sacrifice, my offering is to a living God. He sees it. He supplies. David says, what privilege do I have that... God, you would enable me to offer such a great offering because everything I have, you gave me in any case. So I'm not giving of something that is mine. I'm giving of something that was His in any case. And now because He has blessed me so much, I give. Oh, I don't know what happened now. Some spirit just got on me. Hallelujah. Okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My God is alive. I can consult with him. He's living on the inside of me. Reynard Bonke was stopped. Edith Bonke was stopped in some place and they said to him, God is dead. He said, that's kind of funny that you should say that. He said, because gee, we just had a meeting this morning. So I don't know that he's dead. He said, and that's also funny because he's just moving the furniture on the inside of me right now. God is alive, people. And so we get to the situation where Luke 10. Okay. Now I can start. <clears throat> I had to cut that one out this morning to get to fit it in the first service. Hallelujah. Luke 10 verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. <laughs> There's a guy, I don't know. There's a prophet in Natal. I met him when I was just starting out. And um, he was preaching kingdom stuff. And he was like really, really over the top. And he was like really powerful. He's still a powerful man of God. But he was like, he had this thing. He would, he would chant prophesy. He would prophesy and chant. And he would preach on this. And he would say, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Prophesy. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. Prophesy. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then he would go to the next verse. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, from heaven. Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Prophesy. They said, Satan, your history. Satan, your history. With H, with I, with S-T-O, with R, with Y. Satan, your history. And we... nah, 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 nah. So whenever I read this, I've got to contain myself that I don't get into that, that powerful... And I'll tell you a story. I didn't know anything that this guy was talking about. I mean, this guy was like Greek to me. I went, like, what? He was talking about the kingdom and sonship. And I was going, oh, I don't know about this man. And all this da, 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 da. <laughs> Fortunately, God always uses something you know to interpret something you don't know. Or something that you should know. He, you know, one guy asked uh, um, Pastor R.W. Shambach many years ago. He said, so why do you Pentecostals sing a song over and over and over and over and over and over again? He said, why do you do that? He said, tell me, brother, when you go to the restaurant and you order a nice thick steak, why do you chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it? He said, to get the juice out of it. He said, that's why we sing it over and over and over again. So when they were chanting like that, I realized, okay, that, that can go. It, it, it can work. I'll get the juice out of it. So I'm driving between Middleburg and, and, and somewhere up the north. But I've got to go through all days and Marble Hall. And it's like flat country with bush and there's buck and farms and stuff. And I'm driving there by myself and I've got this tape in again. And all of a sudden, I hear this guy say, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I went, 
If you can see the enemy as a fallen foe, you will never have problems with him again. And the Spirit of God hit me. I was, I was prophesying. I prophesied over every town, over every little gate. I went past every... I was like lost. I had the windscreen wipers on in the car, but it wasn't the windscreen that needed wiping. My tears were so much I couldn't see out of the window. And I was like prophesying and prophesying. I went past farms that said everything lost. I said no, everything found. I went past dogs with curly tails. I said straighten that tail. I mean, there wasn't anything that I didn't want to prophesy on in that moment because I realized my enemy's fallen. He's under my feet. So, but Jesus comes along and they come back with this mighty testimony. They said, we've been healing the sick in your name. We've been driving out demons, but even the demons are subject to us. How we always make the demon bigger than something? Oh, you're a demon. You know, you are bigger than something. No, he's not. Don't. Discuss the so he said, even if he said, do not be glad. Listen, listen to what he says. He says, he says, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice that your names, say my name, are written in heaven. Oh, come on, guys. God has given Jesus a name that is above every other name. Say above name. Now you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. You have an aboveness that is in you from a child of God's point of view. You are one with God creator. You have an above name. He's saying to the disciples, do not be, you know, crazy about the fact that it's actually a very normal thing. Your names are written. Come on, come on, let's, let's do a little bit jumping around. In Revelations, there's a, there's, a, there's a cry of the revelator John's heart. There's a book he's shown. There's a book, but the book cannot be opened. Nobody in heaven and in earth can open the book. And the book has got names written on the front and inside. He said, do not cry, do not weep, for I have found one who can open the book. <laughs> he has been found worthy <laughs> to open the book and to break the seals. That is the book with your name on it. That's the book that is above. You have a name that is above. You can speak things out. You can go for it. You can rule. You can reign. Because of your position, you have a name. So in Acts 19, there are these Seven, was there seven of them? Seven sons of Skepha. They are, they are exorcerous. They are driving demons out in the Hebrew way. And they get to deal with one guy who's really a difficult case with, with demons, you know. I don't know why I'm talking about demons today. Why am I talking about demons today? Anyway. <laughs> so they thought if we use a more modern way, a more up-to-date way, we could maybe get the job done a little bit quicker. So we've been doing it some way, maybe holy water, maybe this, maybe that they'd been doing. I don't think they did doom in those days. Um, and they, you know, but they were doing some stuff and it wasn't working all that well for them, especially when they had to deal with, <laughs> with some guy that was difficult. So they said, in the name of Jesus, that poor preachers, in that name, you must come out. Listen to what the principalities know about names. They said, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? 
What are you doing here? Who are you? What door did you come from through to get here? Who's your authority? Who are you? And the seven spirits on that man became like seven men. And, and, and all the, the spirits that were on that man jumped on seven men. He, one man with a number of demons, jumped on seven guys. He ripped their clothes off. He beat on them. And they ran down the street naked because they had tried this thing. Because they didn't have a name. Guys, you don't realize this. My very first experience, and I say, I don't normally preach on this, guys. So, but just for, for, the, for, the, for the one of understanding something. My very first experience was with a demon was kind of really a real demon. And this woman wasn't just, this wasn't just, this, this young girl wasn't just, it wasn't just a mental manifestation. It wasn't just an emotional fit. This woman was really possessed. When I looked in those eyes, I wanted to run like 10 blocks. And there was like one, there was like one big pastor hanging onto this arm and another big pastor hanging onto this arm and one pastor on each leg and they were holding her down and she was like 14 years old and she was going, and these cat eyes like and they were glowing and she'd do this and she'd pull them over and they couldn't hold her down I mean put four guys down you know me on the ground and four guys you're not going to move them they were moving them and just something said to me tell them to move off and they were very upset with me because they were more senior than me and I just they weren't managing this was just like manifestation and I got down and I said to one of her friends what is her name and, and, and she would reach for me, and her nails would come within inches of my face, and she would reach for me, and I would call her by her name, and I would say to her, Jesus loves you, and Jesus, I want to speak to you. And, and God delivered that girl that night. And that was like a, it was like a baptism of fire that God put me in to understand some of this stuff. Years later, I had to deal with a guy who was a Satanist. And, and I couldn't handle him at all. And I thought I was heading for this description here. I thought I was going to be stripped today and beaten. This guy was like a piece of cable. He was young. He was like, and he was like, he was like, he had one of those chairs, and he was up like this, but the chair was like this. He's, he was bent at his knees like that, and it was like, and I was on top of him, and I couldn't get him, and he was floating off the floor, and I couldn't get him down. And I said, God, you've got to help me now. And all God said to me was this. He said, he believes he has committed so much wrongdoing in the name of devils and Satan that he cannot be saved. He, needs, he believes he's totally lost. Just tell him I love him. The, de- the default word. The default prophetic word, you know, that one we easily so use just so lightly. I said, God, I don't know whether the default word's going to work here, but, 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 but it doesn't matter what you've done, Jesus loves you. And he went, boom! It looked, it sounded like somebody shot him, and he went, eh! and he went down on the ground, and that was over. And he was, he was saved, he was set free. So the powerfulness of the love of God, which operates through you and me, but you have a name. You know what I'm saying today to you today? You have a name. You have a position. You are above and not beneath. You are seated in heavenly places, but you are operating on earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Kingdom is domain. It's reigning. It's a king with a domain. Let your kingdom, let your reign, let your rule be done on earth, in my job, in my family, 
practical living. Let it come and let it be done as it is above. Let the above life come down and let me be a demonstration in my smile, in my helping hand, in my knowledge, in my wisdom, in my job um, description. Let me be a demonstration of your love and let them see God much closer than they've ever seen before. Amen. That is why what this man does is when he preaches the stuff he does and teaches you on the transformation, that is the gist of it. It's bringing Jesus into visibility. It's being a transforming power. God is changing you forever. Amen. Did you get that one? Are you, are you all right? So God has given us an above name. And, and, and Romans 16, 19. See, this is, one, this is another one of those things. This was what another. Romans 16, 19 says, Be excellent in what is good. Be innocent of evil. Be excellent in what is good. Be innocent. Oh, it's, it's, it's an awesome song because we are so much excellent in what is evil. And we don't do very much good. It didn't say that. It said we have to, we prevail against him so that if it, uh, no, we're not there. Romans 16, 19, yeah. And the obedience has become known abroad unto all men for your obedience. I am glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning what is evil. Sometimes we want to be wise in what is evil and simple in what is good. A baby is innocent. It doesn't know anything. So where's your focus? Oh, there's a demon in my business. No, no, no. You shouldn't be looking at for demons in your business. You should be looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. A devil sitting on the corner of 3rd Avenue and William Nickel or wherever, and he's crying. And if you find him, you say, oh devil, what is wrong with you? I'm so depressed this morning. Why? He said, I get the blame for everything. <laughs> no, just a joke. But you hear what I'm saying, I'm, I'm serious. We give everything else the blame. But as I said yesterday in that book, the only thing that is good news that I can change is the man or the woman in the mirror. It's not God's fault. It's not the devil's fault. It's not my parents' fault. It's not where I come from. I have a choice. Life is a choice. Choose life. I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. But in case you do not know which one to choose in Deuteronomy, he says choose life. Morning, choose life. The living God, the only God is telling you, choose me, choose life. I wish Sean was here right now. He could pray. No, Jesus, no life. No, Jesus, no life. Da, da, da. No, Jesus, no life. No, Jesus, no life. No, Jesus, no life. Why? Because he's synonymous with life. God, life, love, that is synonymous. If I have him, I have life, I have love. Amen? So when I live that, it starts to show off everywhere in my life. Okay, so now the, okay, so now we go to Isaiah 6. Am I doing all right, Pastor T? Yeah. This thing about two services, one behind the other, I'm still getting used to this. You, my son, are ahead of me. I need to catch up with this thing. Um, Isaiah 6, Isaiah, Isaiah 6. Wow. Oh, I'm so happy that Kingdom Light and Faith Heal Law like brothers and sisters, I, I really enjoy this. It's been 
it's a, it's a dual thing that is doing so much for me and my son, but also I hope that we are blessing to you guys as well. Okay, Isaiah 6. So, everybody say encounters from the above world will change what is down below. Okay. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And he's trained for the temple. So where's God? Where's the encounter? He's higher. He's above. In Deuteronomy, when it talks about the blessings and the curses, it says, I will make you the head and not the tail. That's a good word. I will make you the head and not the tail. You know, there's a head of the house. So that head is rulership. It's like, it's like promotion. It's like going to be the CEO. Are you, are you with me? I was preaching, but now I'm prophesying. Amen. I will be the head and not the tail. I will be above only. The aboveness, the headness is above stuff. God says, I'm going to give you authority. There is promotion. You have been faithful over little. I'm going to promote you too much. Amen. Amen. So he says, I make you the head and not the tail. I make you above only. So when he sees him high and lifted up, he's seeing the headship of God. He's seeing the rulership. And he's seeing that which is God's aboveness. All right. Now, now he comes, he says, and, uh, and, and above, it, above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain they covered his face, and with twain they covered his feet, and with twain they defied. Twain is a King James word for two. And one cried unto the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now I said this morning, and I don't know if I'm repeating myself now, because I said, um, the angels, God breathes in worship, and he breathes out revelation. Okay, so God is breathing in worship and he's breathing out. We breathe out worship and we breathe in revelation. So the angels are flying. They're saying holy, which is worship. God is breathing it out, breathing it in, and he's breathing out a fresh revelation. That's why they've never stopped singing. They've never stopped proclaiming his holiness. Because they see him and they declare holy. And then he shows forth another facet of holiness. And then they declare it again. Holy. And then he flies past, and then God shows them. So they worship revelation. Worship revelation. Worship revelation. That's why worship is such a powerful tool. It gets rid of the below life consciousness. We come to church. We've just had a fight with a guy at the robot. Somebody stole our change. We just had got dropped off at the wrong corner. The guy nearly knocked me down. Another guy tried to mug me. I've got all this stuff going on, and I've got to clear my head. Because my head is like down here. Street. And all of a sudden I start to worship. What am I doing? I'm focusing on the above. I'm putting everything behind me. So I start to focus. Worship gets me to focus on the aboveness. And I start to focus on him. And what happens? He shares a revelation. It might just be very simple. I might be really in trouble. There might be a lot of dark stuff going around me. And all he says to me, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in that moment, that's the only word you needed. And said, yes, God, I know I'm going to make it if you're with me. 
Are you with me? So he sees this, he has this encounter. Like Paul had that encounter on the road to Damascus. Um, Like Daniel had an encounter and saw the Ancient of Days. Like the three uh, disciples went up to the Mount of Transfiguration and Jesus was praying and he changed and he transformed. And they had an encounter. Okay? And so they had this encounter with God. And he has this encounter. and, and, And then he says... Um, and the posts and the door moved and the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. Wow, what a worship service. Then I said, woe is me for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amidst the people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So the first thing he does is he puts himself in a position of condemnation while it's not God that's condemning him. And he's saying, oh God, I can't stand in this presence my is unclean, my lips are unclean, I don't know what's going to go on, and Jesus sends an angel to the altar for a coal Uh, you you understand why the prophet only sees coal altars and not cross altars, because although he's speaking about Jesus and lordship and sitting on the throne and it's prophetic, he's never seen a cross and he's never seen that kind of an altar, so the only altar he understands is the one that's got the coals on it, and the angel flies and picks up a coal and flies over to him and puts it on his lips and he cleanses his entire being and now there's a call to service you see I can serve out of just a a sense of of dedication, a sense of service I can serve like that but I'm going to get tired, I can serve like that but I'm going to get disillusioned, I can serve like that and I'm going to get depressed, but if I've had it an encounter. If I've seen the Lord of hosts, then I'm like, I'm so on fire, I need to do something for him. I'm like saying, yes, Lord, what can I do? Where can I go? And so God says, who can I send? And here's this guy like Donkey and Shrek at the back. You know, he's like Donkey in the Shrek movie. He said, pick me. Yeah, yeah, not, not him, not her, me. I want to do it. Send me, send me. Are you with me? God, God wants to make himself visible, you want to see him, when this stuff starts to come together for you, you start to see God, experience God, and the the natural effect of it is, man God, I just want to do stuff for you, I just want to go out and I want to do stuff for you, I want to do whatever it is, And, and now don't get confused, I, I might be, I might have a good voice, I'm nowhere near what this man has got. Let him be what he wants to be. You find out what you have to be. But every one of us form a a nucleus or a body that is doing something for God. And if you find your thing, nobody is able to take your thing. He said, we all run a race. Nobody can run your race. You are running a separate race in a separate thing for God. Nobody can run your run your race. Amen. Wow, man, this is so. There's so much stuff going on right now. Okay, so God is one God. I only have the living God. All right, but in Psalm 115 it says, "If I look at the people who make idols, they become like the idols. They become like the idols they make." Alright? So the parallel truth is, if the people who worship idols become like them, then the people who worship God become like Him. I'm still Tafara, 
I'm still Dave. But I'm an atmosphere of God. I'm a sweet smelling savor of what God is doing. Amen? Amen? So you today are a revival in happening. You are a presence of God in doing. And you are busy ministering His life and His overcoming power. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, be magnified. Hallelujah. I don't know which way to tell this story. Tell the story first and then ask who's facing it. Or to ask you who's facing this and then tell the story. Okay. Who's facing a certain situation right now where the odds are just too much? You're outnumbered. It's a court case. Someone's taking you to court that you didn't do wrong to. It's a debt that you cannot pay. It's a sickness you cannot overcome. It's insurmountable odds and you know that there's not strength in you to face this. Will you stand please? God's going to give you a word this morning that's going to take you and cause you to be victorious today. The prophet wants to speak over your life. You are facing something that you cannot get victory over. You're saying, I've tried. Come on, there we go. I've tried, but I haven't made it. I've tried, but I haven't made it. Insurmountable odds. The enemy is attacking you, and I don't want to give any glory to any enemy, but in some form, even in the natural, you have an enemy. He's attacking you. And, and there's more than just these two ladies and this man here. There's certain things God wants to give you a victory. I've got just a word. I'm just going to give you a word this morning, and it's going to be your breakthrough. And I want to start with a portion in this word. Second Chronicles 20 verse 20 says, Believe the word of God and be established. It says, Believe his prophet and prosper. So the prophet is standing before you this morning and he wants to give you a word. Is this all the people that are here? Last chance, last chance. Going? Run quickly if you need. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I see. I see you. I see you. Run, 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 run. It's going to be very quick. It's going to be very quick. It's going to be very quick. Prophet is standing before you this morning with a word from God. And he wants you to prosper. And he wants you to break through. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I knew the two of you were coming. I knew the two of you were coming. I knew God had a word for you. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Hallelujah. All right. So Hiskia is a king. It's all in Second Chronicles 20. Look at me. Everybody in the front, look at me. Hiskia is a king. He's facing insurmountable odds an enemy has come to attack him that he didn't look for a fight with and it's now on his doorstep and this thing is bigger than he can be it's like huge it's absolutely huge okay I want you to see the fact and so they set themselves to seek God say seek God okay so what you're doing right now is you're seeking God you've come to set yourself to see God Say, God you're my answer you're my breakthrough all right 
And this is what he prayed. He said, God. And he mentioned everything that God is. This mighty God that we spoke about this morning. The only God. He said, we have a huge enemy and there is no power in us. There's not enough power in us to handle this thing. But we know and we acknowledge your godliness. Your high upness. We acknowledge this. And immediately the prophet came and said, the battle, yes, your word. Yes, your word. I've been carrying this word since I left. There was a prophet in our house, and she gave this word, and I said, God, somebody's going to get this word on Sunday morning. Somebody's going to... The battle is not yours. It is God's. The battle is not yours. It's not by your strength. It is God's. Okay? God says, I am going to fight for you. So say, God is going to fight for me. And I'm going to come through this thing. The story is that God actually made the enemy fight themselves. And they achieved a great victory. But Hiskia aligned himself to the word of the prophet. He said, believe God's word. Say, I will believe God's word. And I will believe the prophetic word on my life. This word will establish me. And I will prosper. I will prosper. I will prosper. I will prosper. You that are standing here right now, I want you to start thanking God for your breakthrough right now. Come on, start thanking God right now. Come on, the rest of you with Him. Thank you, Jesus. I am breaking through. I will never be the same again. I am the head, not the tail. My God is God alone. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Whatever you're facing. And I know there's people that are facing financial things. There's people that are facing fruitful things. God says, you will break through. Can I give you a word? On Tanashi's word? How does a woman stop the cycle in her life? You know the cycle? The menstrual cycle? How does she stop it? A seed must be planted to stop the cycle. It's kind of a crazy word, hey? When you plant a seed, you stop a cycle. That's exactly what he taught this morning. You plant a seed, you stop a cycle. Look at that cycle and say, I'm going to plant a seed. And I'm going to stop that cycle. In Jesus' name. Amen. You are blessed. You may go. Thank you. Come on, I think we can give God for the whole day an awesome praise offering. Hallelujah. Where is the pastor? There he is. <laughs> Wasn't that awesome? Man, without wasting much time, we're going to pray and just thank God uh, for Bishop as well. Thank you so much for coming. Some of you don't know, he's my mentor. And uh, we speak at least once every week and I always beat him to it says man i'm gonna call you first next time and boom i'm already calling him and uh just so excited uh he's a prophet to the nations in a few months we'll be traveling together to minister in california and that's gonna be awesome man and i'm looking forward to it and we're gonna pray and just thank god for him wasn't he awesome it was great. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. 
uh, for Bishop Dave Basson. Father, we thank you for the word that he brought to us this morning. Father, we thank you for his family. We thank you for uh, the gifts that you have bestowed upon his life. Father, we thank you uh, that you are opening doors that no man can shut. Lord, we thank you that you are making every crooked path straight. Lord, we thank you that you are bringing into places to meet with kings because of his gift. Even as you said in your word that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great people. Lord, we thank you that you're doing it for him. Lord, we thank you that you are bringing all the good things that pertain to life and godliness from the east, the west, the south, and the north. Lord, we thank you that you are releasing men and women to come to his aid. Even as you said in the Bible in Acts 18 verse 10 that you have a lot of people in this city. We declare the same word over his ministry in Cape Town. A lot of people in the city of Cape Town that will come and support the vision. That will come and put their fingerprints on the vision. That will come and lay down their lives to serve the vision of the house. Father we thank you and we give you praise in the mighty matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ and everyone shouted Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight.